This podcast is for Lou. It is 10.42 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on October 11th, 2020. And the Babysitter's Book Club is back again with our next episode. Episode 9, The Plot Device at Don's House. Uh, uh, for Which I frankly found to be a very underwhelming sort of ho-hum chapter in the Babysitter's Club series. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all about it. And I'm very excited to be joined by my guest today, the great Joseph Hong. Joe, how are you? Jeremy, I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for, for making the time to, to talk to me about this nonsense. Yeah. Can I just start by saying that, you know, we were friends in, in college. We met in college. I've always considered you like an intellectual sort of compadre. You've always challenged me and, and sort of stimulated me. And I, I just want to say, I'm, it's so good to see that you've moved on <laughs> to chapter books. And uh, yeah, because you were always like into film and media and like TV and reality TV and stuff, right? And yes. That was because you were at a first grade reading level? Uh, you know, we're, we're going back. Uh, learning is cyclical and yeah. we need to think metacognitively yeah. about how we've arrived, the epistemology of it all. And I think that these books are really foundational for me and a lot of people in that way. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, so you read these books when you were... Yes, so uh, careful uh, listeners to the podcast know that I sort of inherited this entire series of books from my cousin. And when I would be like babysat by my grandparents over the summer, there was just like these hundred books. And I was really into the fact that they were serial and they were linear and there were characters and events you could follow mm. from book to book across like a long range of time. Mm. That was sort of the appeal for me, I think. So actually, this is a great segue because the first question that I always ask, or get, well, you sort of blew right past it. We do know each other from college. I was going to say that you are one of the rare guests that is not either a graduate student at UCSB with me or someone related to me. Is there anything you want to tell the folks at home about yourself before we get started and really dig into this? Uh, no, I mean, I, I was brief for a couple of years in a PhD program for literature. So, you know, I know how to read and, mm -hmm. uh, but no, I mean, right now I'm a, I'm a journalist for a public radio station in san diego and so i'm just going to be like backseat driving this entire production if yeah you that's can, cool with you, you can I, front seat I mean, drive i'm not gonna let okay. you pull me into a power struggle okay okay right. cool um oh i forgot to ask you this before you know we started like do you want me to record on my phone like my end and then send you send that to you later because it's like a higher audio quality or no? No, the, okay. the Zoom will be fine. The Zoom will be okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you can edit this out later. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know how I feel about editing. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah that's it. That's it for as as far as introductions go. I, that's that's basically it for me. Yeah, and would it be okay if I called you my Disneyland daddy across the course of this podcast? <laughs> A lot of divorces in this series, huh? Like more divorces than I expected. Yeah, the divorces. That's that's going to be the sequel. Um, so yeah, uh, the the question that we usually start with our guests, and you sort of already asked me, so I'll return the favor. Oh. What did you know about the Babysitters Club franchise before you received this lovely book in the mail from me? What was your experience with the whole thing? So so I I knew it was uh, a, a long series of books, like. I don't know, maybe like a hundred books about this uh, group of 
young, you know, maybe like 13 year old, 12 year old girls who were, who ran like a quasi like business um, together. <laughs> and yeah, but, but also like solved mysteries. I, I thought, I thought this entire series was um, a mystery series where every book is a mystery. And I guess one thing that surprised me was that I didn't think it would be so, I, I thought every book would be like one, would take place in one sort of babysitting job, but it really doesn't do that. It's more, it's more thematic, I guess. You bounce like, around. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that. And, and I guess I'm, I'm surprised to hear that you were, you were very underwhelmed by this book because I was, I thought it was pretty. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, at a point I stopped taking notes because I just was enjoying it. Yeah. You were taking notes. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, well, okay. Do you, can I ask you a question? You yeah, can ask me whatever you want. Okay. Uh, so is every book narrated by Don? No, they rotate around. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That, that was the one thing where I was just like, why is Don the alternate officer? <laughs> why is she the one we're hearing from? Yeah, and they sort of go in order. So they go like in an office. So like the first book is Christy. Um, then you've got Claudia, uh, Stacy, Marianne, and then they like went back to Christy, but then they added Dawn. And so it, they stay in like a pretty good rotation for the first uh, couple dozen. And then I think it's just a free for all, whatever the ghostwriter uh, wants to do that week. Interesting. And there is a separate like spinoff babysitters mystery series. Um, oh, okay. There, and there's like another hundred of those where they are all mysteries. That sounds like a separate podcast. Uh, well, we're going to combine it into this one podcast, but okay. we are going to go linearly and that hasn't started yet. Okay. In terms okay. of publication date. Yes. Um, uh, Joe, real quick, say Mark Twain's initials and point to your head. <laughs> Classic, right? I've never heard that one before. I never heard that one before. It's so funny. I forgot to laugh. Yeah. The Pikes really <laughs> have a lot that they can teach us, I think. Yeah. The- about humor. I, I can only imagine the Pike mom is just a broken shell of a human. Like she does not sound like well. Yes. Well, the last book, the book right before this one, did focus almost exclusively on the trip to Sea City in New okay. Jersey with the Pikes. Um, and oh, every single night, just about Mr. and Mrs. Pike are ditching the kids and, and leaving. Um, and they famously have no rules at their house, I think, as was alluded to in this book. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, I think there's a lot going on with Mr. and Mrs. Pike. Okay, well, can we start just at the very beginning? You know, sure. they're, so, so, they, so they, they're reunited, right, after a couple weeks of, um, of being on their separate sort of adventures and their separate vacations. Yes. Um, the... But I mean, it felt like very, it, it seems like they're very attached to each other. They're, they're, they sort of, they're sort of like, oh, it's been two whole weeks since we've seen each other. Two weeks is like not that long of a time. I, I, but I don't know. Thinking back, I, I don't know how much you relate this book to like your own childhood, but that's what I, I tried to do. Mm-hmm. But like thinking back to like my best friends when I was young, especially over the summer. Mm-hmm pre-social media pre-social that's that's a huge topic that i want to talk about with you later okay um but 
How many of these topics do you have, Joe? I guess, <laughs> I guess but I guess like it, it was endearing to, to hear that again. Like, uh, like the, a huge thing about this book that I sort of enjoyed was um, almost like a very authentic sort of nostalgia of mm-hmm. feeling like, wow, like these kids are like going to each other's houses. They're like not on their phones all the time. They're like actually doing stuff. They're like keeping records in a notebook. Like this is. They're reading. Yeah. There's just so much like youthful, like adolescent, like ingenuity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I really miss that. Yeah. I think one of the things for, for, some of the criticisms and one of the things I've loved I'll just say about this podcast so far is that every guest sort of comes in with a different opinion on a lot of these things like oh this book is such a bad representation of girls versus like a good representation and I think throughout those criticisms the one thing that Anna Martin I will say I think does well is the sort of realism of childhood even even if it's sort of like an optimistic rosy realism um, there is still, like you say, that like nostalgia and relatable experience of like, I miss my friend going to their house. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I just say, though, that kind of uh, that I found problematic was like the third line of the of the book when <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> someone's like commenting on, on was Claudia? it Don's tan? Cla- yeah, Claudia is commenting on Don's tan. Is that right? Oh, oh, you're, I thought you were going in a different direction with the description of Claudia. You mean... Oh, 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 like no, even the, before that. Like on the, the first page. Yeah, the, the, they're, they're back together after a few weeks of summer vacation. Yes. And one of them says, oh, wow, look at your tan. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we could give Anna Martin the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it was a different time. It was a different time, and I think they mean it. I think they mean it in terms of like the like oh you're so skinny like uh, I hate you you're disgusting. Okay. Like it's it's a disgusting how <laughs> nice you look. That's the benefit of the doubt that I want to give. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like oh it's gross how like rich and hot you are. I see. I see. That's the that's the way I read it. And but then, I don't know. It's fair. Yeah. It's it's yeah. fair. Yeah, but then there's there's the the one you just uh reference about about Claudia Kishi. So she's Japanese. Japanese American, yes. Japanese American. I mean, I can't imagine this is the first time she's been described in this way. She is often described in so, as some variant of like exotic or um, I can't even think of the other way she's been described. Like, uh-huh. but it's it's all in that vein. And this is a thread that's run through these these first um these first books. And the only Asian American guest I've had besides yourself. Uh, has been Brandon, who I'm, I'm not sure read the book. So he, <laughs> he wasn't a big help in um, in like in talking about this. But in fairness, I also didn't plan very well, and I didn't give either of you a book that focuses on Claudia and Claudia's family. Look, I it, that I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like we didn't get much of Claudia in this book. Yeah, very um, quiet book for Claudia. Yeah, uh, but I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like now now I feel like I, I need to say something about Cla- the way Claudia is represented in this. Book. Well, if only you were on a podcast or something, I mean, to be able to do that. But uh, I mean, look, I I think you know it's obviously like you know kind of kind of uncomfortable that she's described in this way as like very exotic, like wearing exotic clothes all the time. But you know, like the way she's let me let me pull this up. So okay, so Claudia oh. is Japanese. And what are you pulling as, up? 
my my notes, my, okay. my annotations. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Claudia's Japanese and exotic looking, right. and she, and so she she carries around like what are essentially these these like talismans, right? So I think it's like a ring with a dragon on it. I think I would be more mad if like it didn't sound like kind of cool actually. Claudia is like the coolest one of yeah. the group. Like okay. she's got all the junk food, she's got the phone yeah. room. Yeah. She got to date uh Trevor Sanborn for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So I would be, I would I'd be curious to meet her parents. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Kishi. Uh well, Mrs. Kishi, I believe, is the head librarian okay. at the at the at the Stony Brook Library. Her dad is an investment banker, I think. They're okay. both they're both very like sort of blank. Um you know, Joe, I advise you to go back and listen to our previous episode, Claudia and the Mean Janine, where we okay. go into depth into Claudia's family <laughs> dynamic with her sister and her grandmother and her parents. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, my mom was the guest on that one, Joe. Oh wow, how did that go? I it went really well. She she did a great job. Nice. Yeah. Um, She's the only well, one that's yet interrupted me at the beginning where I say like the funny name of the book and not uh, the actual name. What she, did she, like, did she, she like jumped in ahead of the introduction. She was like, no, you... no, no. <laughs> that's great. Like, all right, mom. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, so uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this book. So you enjoyed it. I guess where I'm coming from here, mm-hmm. I feel like these early Babysitter's Club books Anna Martin is sort of trying for a different genre or a different spin every time. So the last book, the one where they went to Sea City, is Mm. like this weird, like slapstick rom-com of Mm. like 13-year-old Stacy trying to seduce an 18-year-old lifeguard. uh, And there's like weird stuff going on with the Pikes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's been other books before that that have been like uh, thrillers and what one thing to your realism point, there are books where these girls mercilessly turn on each other. Um, oh, wow. For like small issues arising about the club and the management and operations of who is whom's best friend, um, which I think is also like somewhat realistic, but they always come back together in the end. So um, I just, I, we've been going through all these genres. I feel like this book was going for the sort of like horror mystery thriller and it was just so underwhelming to me, the like, oh, there's like a creepy passageway. Uh, right. Oh, there's a place that a kid is going. Why, if only these two things were connected somehow. Uh, I was just underwhelmed by that. Right. And I think, yeah, no, that, that like, I, I was hoping for more of a creepiness, a creepy horror uh, vibe. Um, and they call you know, the police on a stalker in book two and the police show oh, up and it's like uh it's alan gray that idiot but like there's <laughs> there's like police involvement at least in that book yeah and i i have to say i don't know about you but like the first time nikki ran away yeah like i knew that's where you went like i knew okay joe no I okay get and, i get and, it and 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 you're very smart i knew because there's <laughs> This, this book did something that was mildly infuriating where it would like go in, it would build up all the suspense in the, in the passageway, right? And, you know, you'd see Dawn, she's like investigating and then chapter break. The next chapter, it's like another babysitting job, like some rando babysitting job. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. There were but, some but, real but, weird standalone chapters in this book. Yeah, yeah. And like when the, the moment, there was a moment though where 
it was the it was a ton it was a passageway chapter with Don and then the next chapter was with Nikki and that's when I was just sort of like god I hope this connects like this is if this doesn't connect and we're just gonna read a random chapter about the pikes that that's just bad storytelling I'm sorry right right and I think I'm of two minds about this because on one hand, yeah, there's like that chapter with Marianne getting Jamie Newton ready for bed. Uh-huh. And like, we could, we could not lose a step if we cut this chapter out. <laughs> but on the other hand, I see where she's going for the kind of like Stony Brook slice of life. Yeah. Uh, like here's just what's happening right now, even if they're like sort of narratively relevant. And I, I like that to some degree. Huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, no, I see your point. But when I, when I read that chapter, I was like, this is nonsense. Like, this is, this needs to go. But yeah. okay, well, I, I actually thought it was very uh, kind of coincidental uh, that, that you had me read this book because actually one of my- Because there's of, a ghost in your house? Well, I mean, okay. Well, one of my quarantine accomplishments okay. has been- um, learning to appreciate horror movies. So be, my whole life, like I've always hated horror movies, but I've always liked the idea of them. And I know, you know, I think when movies like Get Out and these like horror movies that were also very good movies started coming out, I started to feel like, oh, I really wish I could watch these movies. And sometimes I just like read the Wikipedia article and it's just like, you know, cause I love, I love a good theme, you know, but like uh like like my girlfriend and i during quarantine were doing this thing where like one week one person picks a movie to watch and then the the following week you know we just go back and forth choosing movies to watch and sometimes she picked a horror movie knowing i hated horror movies and like that's just i just kind of forced myself to watch it and one of the movies the horror movie so we watched several we watched one called um like it comes at night it's like a zombie movie or like a, a but then sort of the pinnacle we we watched several and sort of the the pinnacle was this movie called hereditary i don't know if you've watched that yes uh yes. i i confuse it there's another one that i confuse it with but i believe i have seen hereditary so it's with tony collette and she's she's the lead she's the, the mom from uh, little miss sunshine i don't know you know what i confuse it with that one where they're in the jungle like evolution or adaptation or whatever in florida okay okay so i have you seen seen hereditary then yes yes okay okay so hereditary it's like it's so much of the that movie is this is a a big tangent but i'm not editing anything okay so so a (laughs) A, a, a huge sort of theme in that movie is like family and sort of the things you inherit from your, your family. Um, think like things like mental illness or like paranoia or just like the things that end up destroying you. Right. And I think. This is a this... nice light babysitter's club <laughs> podcast episode for everyone. No, but, the, but the, so much of this book, so much of the secret passage like ties to alienation from your family right mm. that's where nikki goes to hide because his the, the triplets bully him that's where what's his name the jared mulray yeah jared mulray i ain't who, leaving yeah he where he was supposed to have hid and i think i don't know maybe i mean 
maybe I'm reading too much into this one like singular book, but there's just so much like family dynamic going on here. There's so much, uh, so much like about change and so much about like uh, having to adapt. And so I don't, I don't know. That's whenever there's like a, a, a secret passageway in a book or a movie, it always kind of like, raises a, a red flag for me. Yeah, I I love that. I really like that analysis. And I think maybe even if it's not there on the page explicitly, we can definitely think about that theme and we can keep that in mind as we as we maybe talk through some of the more specific plot points. Um, but I love that. I love that you're coming into this with a uh with a, with an overall reading and an idea of how these things fit together and maybe convey an on-brand message for the younger readers <laughs> yes yes um okay so i i also want to just sorry we're just jumping around but yeah like, i i you you do as much as you want i'm ready to take the wheel again whenever you're done i i, I another interesting thing is disneyland is, daddy it's all yours yeah disneyland daddy and just don's mom Oh, it's just sort of okay. Okay, let me let me ask you something. If you're like okay, a a divorcee in your maybe early 40s, late 30s, right? Yes, and you're dating, would you take your date to a diner your parents own? Okay, I I want to do a deep dive on Mrs. Schaefer here. Okay, so my first question is Mrs. Schaefer just stoned all the time? Is that what's going on? She's a little sloppy, right? Could uh, Dawn is like very careful to say she's not like personally messy like she doesn't have bad hygiene but she is scatterbrained and i believe the first scene in the book she carefully folds her glasses and puts them in the butter dish like oh what, yeah what is that all about yeah yeah no yeah she's and- from california you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, so there was The other thing about Don's mom, and the thing that I think is more uh, uh, important here, Mrs. Schaefer, as long as we've met her, has been dating Marianne's father, Mr. Spear. Okay. And this has sort of been the thing, like, as soon as Mr. Spear, like, loosened up a little, if you catch my meaning, Mm -hmm. and let himself be with Mrs. Schaefer, Marianne's life got a lot easier, because then he became less protective, he... Uh, he got he got a little he became a little bit more relaxed a little bit more go with the flow. Now we find out Mrs. Schaefer is not only still dating Mr. Spear, she is dating uh, the Trip Man, who we'll discuss here at length. This yeah. who is the son of friends of her parents. I didn't really follow the the link yes, there. Yes, that yeah. But she's also dating two men she met in her office and two men she met at a party. Wait, Mrs. that's all Schaefer. of that? Did I miss that? I thought she was just dating Trip. I wrote this down. This is on page 67 for everyone that wants to follow along at home. Get out your books. Mom had been going out with several different men besides Mr. Spear. One of them was the son of friends of my grandparents. Okay, friends of my grandparents. Okay. Two were from her office and a couple more were men she'd met at a party. Yeah. Mrs. Schaefer. I... Okay, now this makes sense. Now this makes sense. I guess she's, I mean, look, she's living her Ms. best Schaefer, life. Schaefer, I guess. She's living her best life. And I guess if you were to bring one of these men to your parents' diner, it would be Trip. Like, Trip seems very conservative. Yeah. Did you know Trip is a nickname for someone who has the third at the end of their name? 
I did not. I thought I'm, it was a, I thought it was a shortened version of Theodore. No, it's usually that's why like so many rich people, it's a stereotype. It's because if you're the third, you're triple. So trip, that's where that comes from. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just I learned that myself that. very recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so he's probably like old money kind of famously the reason that uh don's grandparents didn't approve so uh there's a big backstory here too okay where don's mom and marianne's dad were high school sweethearts and they like wrote about how they were going to be together forever in their Mm -hmm. yearbooks but don's parents did not approve of mr spear they didn't think he was good enough so yeah i totally see where they're trying to set her up with some rich banker or whatever now that she's single again right except they did seem to approve of mr spear in an earlier book so i don't know yeah and i guess while you're saying this i'm wondering like why even include all this adult kind of weird drama in this book and i think it's it just speaks to like the these babysitters are in sort of a a middle ground between like adulthood Mm. and and you know like infancy or like childhood which right? i think is supposed to be the magic of the babysitters club right yeah. that it speaks to you at that certain age um and i i think they find themselves in a weird spot sometimes where they want to represent like adult drama mm-hmm. and how it impacts a reader of that age but then sometimes they don't really know what they want to say about it so it just comes off like mrs schaefer is sleeping around right Right. And, and, I, and I guess like the question is like, is adult drama represented well in this book? And by well, mm. like, does it have, is it useful to a, a 12 year old audience? Like if you're a 12 year old, you know, in the early 90s, most likely a girl like reading this, what are you getting from the adult drama? Like, is it too real? Or is it like not real enough? Does it need to be kind of sugarcoated for a younger audience yeah that's a great point to think about it in an odd and this is turning into our most like academic literary conversation ever on the babysitter's book club i apologize but, no that's okay i think uh, it's nice we uh, just like the books we do something a little bit different every episode and if it's not their <laughs> cup of tea they don't listen to it um yeah i think that i think the point you brought up about audience is really great because i think it's hard for us as um are you 30 already also I am 30. I okay. just turned 30, yeah. I, uh, same for me. So as two 30-year-old men, yeah. I think the things that we maybe don't take notes on and maybe skim through in the book as like not relevant to the plot are the places where, like when Dawn is imagining what Trip looks like mm-hmm. and like cackling with her brother about it. Like that part I was bored by, but I bet if you are a younger girl who doesn't mm-hmm. like your divorced parent dating, that's like the relatable part to you. And that's the thing that you're like, yeah, Don is just like me. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Oh, interesting, interesting. And then all the parts, all the, and then the stuff that we make fun of now that we're 30 is the stuff where she's dating six men at once <laughs> and Trip wanders into the passageway. If this had all been a scheme to kill Trip, he was in real trouble uh, right. dating this woman because they got him in this like dark passageway all by himself. I was very nervous for Trip for a second. He was well. Okay, that that I, I didn't think of that, but like when Trip shows up, like I started thinking, like, what is like, 
what do we get from the men in this book? Because Trip shows up and he's just sort of like, all right, everyone settle down. Yeah, not like, enough men for you in the babysitter's club. Is that right, Joe? <laughs> no, but you're, like you're a real babysitter's okay. men's rights activist. <laughs> let's but like, let's think about the different men in this. In okay. This you have you have Disneyland Daddy. Disneyland's Daddy, my favorite. He's just sort of like I thought you were Disneyland Daddy. <laughs> but it's a, but he's sort of like a He's very two-dimensional, I think, just based on this book. He's just right. sort of... Don's father. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just sort of guilt-ridden, like, doesn't really know how to communicate with his children, it seems, except yeah. by buying them stuff. Agreed. Um, and it's it's interesting. And I thought it was, like, a, an interesting nuance where Don sort of says, like, yeah, he's just a Disneyland daddy, like, very just, like, giving us... You gotta give it slower, Joe. <laughs> giving us all these shit but and then she says something interesting she says but that's better than no daddy or like that's better than nothing you said daddy not (laughs) um yeah i think i I remember that yeah and so i i just thought that was just like an interesting flash of like kind of self-awareness that don has Mm -hmm. uh, about this whole situation uh and again it just made me think like how would i feel as like a 13 year old reading yeah and i think then you also have to get into two into as well is this book just going to be super depressing if the whole book is dawn like and her shattered interiority over her parents divorce like if they represent it more realistically yeah yeah moping in her room and like trying to find some drugs uh and that might not be like fun or positive for anyone to read (laughs) yeah I, i think there is sort of like the chapter book style young adult genre we also have to think about right i I found Don for kind of that reason. I feel like when you're spending time with Don, mm-hmm. the story is constantly kind of threatening to go in that direction. Oh, uh, which direction is that? Of just like getting really into the interiority of Don. And like, it, it's kind of like, so it kind of fits with the spookiness of this, of this or the attempted spookiness of this book. How dare but, you? I don't know. Don is a bummer. Like it, in a lot of ways, she just bums me out. Like the way she's like, it's not necessarily her, her personality or I'm not trying to blame her, but like just the way she has to take care of her mom, like just the, like it, she doesn't feel like a kid in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. She's making and, dinner every night. Yeah. Making dinner. Like she's even just the way she sort of investigates that the, the secret passageway is sort of like I'm gonna prove to my friends that there was a reason to be scared. Like it's a weird sort of dynamic, mm-hmm. and they're constantly scaring each other, which I think is a nice yeah. um, glimpse into that, like the the resentment and the power dynamic that seethes under the surface. Absolutely, of these five best friends. Yeah, yeah. When when uh when you were saying that there were books where they're like literally turning on each other, it yeah. does not surprise me at all. Like this is not a a super healthy friendship, right? Like there's <laughs> weird stuff going on. Like they're smuggling like junk food into each other's house. Ha- yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Dawn loves health food. She can't have any junk food. Yeah. That, which is also kind of like bums me out about her. I but I guess it adds to. You also don't want like five characters who are all the same. But right. I mean, it's it's a very 
tribalized friendship because it's not that Don is the only one who likes health food. There's also that other friend who's also kind of like a health nut, right? Uh, well, Stacy's diabetic, so <laughs> oh, that's right. She's not yeah, that's right. <laughs> you might call her, <laughs> nut, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's this other dimension to it as well, where mm. Don and Stacy are both recent within the last calendar year additions to Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. So even inside then that power dynamic, and I think Stacy mostly has expressed this before, like these are her new friends at this new school. And without these people, she has nothing, basically. Um, these are the people that they cling on to when they come to this new school and need like a social system. Hmm. So I think that also like muddies the waters of the relationships there. Hmm. An imbalance of power. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was really struck by just, you know, going back to just the introduction where uh, Don is just talking about how jealous she is that, um, what's her name? The the two of them went on these adventures together. Stacy and Marianne. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, right off the bat, I was, I think that sort of tipped me off to think like, this is not just sort of a a black and white, you know, fairy tale about teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a realism that I like. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the other members of the Babysitters Club? Do you want to bounce around real quick? Yeah, I don't. Let me think. I let me look at my notes. I wrote okay. Page, what's, what's going on? Page twenty nine. Oh, I wrote uh, page twenty nine. Everyone, page twenty nine. I wrote. I wrote for that page. I wrote Marianne and Stacy are not taking this seriously. I, what... Oh, so they. That's so. This is when they are searching Don's house. Okay. Um, and we sort of have the split up idea. Interesting that Marianne and Stacy are again on a team after their Sea City adventure, mm-hmm. um, and I believe they are trying to scare them. Uh, what do they do? Uh, there, there was so much like hiding in doors and closets. I, I don't know exactly each time what the specifics are, but it's some sort of like jump out and scare you thing that Stacey and Marianne do to Don, mm-hmm. Christie, and Claudia. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Uh, okay, uh, Stacey <laughs> and Marianne like jump out and scare Don, uh-huh. Christie, and Claudia. Oh, oh and okay. I don't remember the details because it happens like 12 times in this book. Yeah. People hide and jump out and scare someone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, to be honest, (laughs) besides Christy, because I just thought of her as like the president and the one who started this, uh, I I think, and besides sort of their like, you know, uh, like health or like eating habits, all these characters sort of like blended together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, minus Claudia, because she had the sort of, uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you call it? Like, <laughs> I don't know where you're she, going she had, with this. She had the, I mean, the, just, just the way she was described, just, you know, struck, exotic looking. Yeah. Stuck uh-huh. out to me. Um, okay. yeah, they all sort of blended together. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask who is your favorite? My question has changed book to book. And I can tell you when we started, I was firmly team Claudia Kishi in terms of my favorite. And as we've gone on, Claudia almost physically 
attacks her sister in the book with her family. And I lost a lot of respect for Claudia as we've gone along these few books. Yeah. I think Christy is not my favorite. Um, Dawn, as we've talked about, is not anyone's favorite. Um, I think maybe so that, that by process of elimination, I guess I'm down to Marianne and Stacy. Um, okay. I think Marianne is the solidest character. Stacy's the most fun because she tries to seduce 18 year old lifeguards and just okay. like she generally brings the drama wherever Stacy goes. So I would say one of those two would be my favorite right now. Interesting. Do you feel like what has changed for you sec- reading it this time around? I'm definitely thinking more about these questions of like character psychology mm-hmm. and relationships. I feel like the first time I read it when I was, God, I don't know, nine, 10, whatever. Um, I was much more just sort of interested in descriptions of people like hanging out and, uh-huh. and like the facts, like, oh, Marianne went and did this babysitting job. Okay, good. Like job done, move on to the next thing. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really thinking thematically or in terms of character psychology, which is maybe where you're supposed to stop when it comes to babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, <laughs> I may be staying too long at the fair. <laughs> but, okay, but speaking of which, I thought one, a moment that really st- stuck out to me was when, is Marianne, yes, Marianne and Dawn are, they're investigating the secret passageway. Yes, yes. And and Don wants to show Marianne, um, you know, behind the 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 tunnel, but she doesn't tell Marianne about the nickel and the buckle and the key that she found because she was she was afraid that'd be too scary for Marianne. Marianne is a fraidy cat. She that me. was very interesting to me. That I, I feel like as a thirteen year old. Or even now, I would re- I really relate to that idea of like, I mean, you're you're kind of this way too, where you're like curating an experience for your friends, right? Like you don't okay. want them to leave. Like you want to do this thing together. <laughs> I don't want them to leave. And like, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But what I mean is like, Don really wants to do this thing with her friends. Like that's, uh, that's been her whole sort of like agenda this whole book that mm-hmm. none of her friends seem interested in this thing and like you know marianne is here but like i want to get her invested but like i'm not going to give her the full story that's crazy she'd be too scared like that felt a little sad to me yeah dawn is and i i know i just like trashed dawn about how no one likes dawn but dawn is in many ways the most emotionally stable i think of these five yeah characters. yeah because even in her in her first book, she's like the new kid. She comes in the middle of this giant fight between the, the rest of the babysitters. Mm-hmm. So Marianne is sitting by herself. She sits down with Marianne. She's like, hey, let's be friends. Come over to my house later. We'll hang out. And that makes Christy mad because Marianne is supposed to be her best friend. And then, but then to solve it, Dawn like invites Christy over and they hang out. Um, and so Dawn is really the one like being responsible in terms of like taking care of people's needs and building a communal experience. Mm. So that's interesting. That maybe gives me more respect for Don when I think about it that way than I had when we started. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I'm sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh, I just like in that scene where 
it, Marianne just like straight up abandons Dawn in the tunnel, right? Yes. Doesn't one of them just like leave? They're like, see you later. Yeah. I, I thought Marianne was going to close the door <laughs> that's, on Dawn. I think that's where I, it was going. <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been incredible. Like it, just one chapter, Dawn alone in the tunnel. Because just, Marianne locked her in there. Yeah, yeah that would have been amazing. <laughs> Yeah, again, it hints the sort of seedy underbelly, I think, of the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, totally, totally on a different topic. Like, okay. <laughs> what in the world is concentrated shampoo? I've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> You've never gotten one of those in the mail before? I've never, I've never seen a shampoo label that was like, use only a couple drops. And don't rinse and repeat. That's how they make their money, is they yeah, tell you to this- repeat. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, of course we need something for the Pikes to do. So okay. we get this chapter where, um, and I don't even know what's going on. The tri- Oh, that's where the triplets, I think, get the really good burn on Nikki, where they're like, we're going to go swimming. And they said we could bring a friend, like dot, dot, oh, dot. Yeah, yeah. So we invited savage. Jeff. That yeah, was that was savage. Stone cold bullying of Nikki. <laughs> um, and they all leave. And uh, I, I guess Dawn has to go find, or is it Stacy? I forget who was there. I think it was Stacy with the shampoo upstairs. Um, and then they called on or something to find Nikki, but yeah, they've gotten this shampoo sample in the mail and I, I guess they got, uh, some gum samples, uh, the week before. Yeah. Seems like that a good, whole thing seems was Seems like so... a good way to poison someone. Uh, I guess maybe in the late eighties on the East coast, this was more of a thing that happened according yeah. to Anna and Martin, but, uh, they decide they're going to, they, uh, Vanessa and Margo feel bad for Claire they're going to give her a shampoo, but like it's magic shampoo and it doesn't like come out. I was also very confused. Yeah. Okay. So there's, yeah. So it's a highly concentrated shampoo and the instructions, which are like, let me find the page. Okay. 117. Yes. There's like, okay. The, 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 the novel in, in the book like the fonts changes and you see like what you see the instructions for this concentrated shampoo it says use sparingly pour several drops onto palm of hand okay rub hands together vigorously to create foam rub foam into hair rinse twice process need not be repeated okay so this is like super concentrated shampoo yeah and they use it all in uh is it in Vanessa's hair? One of the it's one of Claire. Claire's hair. You silly Billy right? Goo Goo Joe. <laughs> and it just won't come out, right? And like Stacy is sort of like, why did you do this? And the girls are sort of like, okay, well, this came in the mail as a sample. Last week we got gum and we we ate all the gum and we felt bad for eating all the gum. So we gave um uh, Claire. Stacey, uh, Claire, the the shampoo, and I, the whole time I'm just like, okay, this chapter is interrupting one of <laughs> the secret passageway. Like, I don't care. Like, this is so much. This is so much to handle right now. I, I, you know what, Joe? I think that's how they feel when they're babysitting. This is so much to handle right now. <laughs> do, do you? I mean, like, I, and it, I, but, but that brings up the point, like. What is the babysitting doing for the narrative of this of this novel? Like, it, it's hmm. what are we get? It's like a weird intermission from the from the 
the main story that mm-hmm. I found really frustrating. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. I, like, I, I don't need a breather from the main mystery, you know? But I think, I mean, I'll go back to my earlier point. I think it reflects a sort of slice of life realism that at the same mm-hmm. time that these larger, if we can call this stupid secret passage the larger story, <laughs> at the same time this is happening, there are, we still have to deal with little mm-hmm. kids that use shampoo like idiots and babysitting and and minor dramas of life. So I kind of like it. I didn't hate it as much as you. Okay, okay. But maybe that's just like where we are now. And I mean, I consider myself like a very typical sort of media consumer. And I think I want sort of like, just give me the tight package. Like give me the, whoa, give me a, (laughs) give me a main sort of like, just give me a story. Just give me a, a clear story. And I think we're just no longer doing these kinds of like, like you say, like slice of life. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry that these books for elementary school children challenged you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry that it was hard to keep up. I'm sorry but you I, can't I, juggle A plots okay. and B plots. <laughs> okay, but 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 okay, let me let me ask you then. Do you think the babysitters club okay question a do you think the babysitters club as an organization could exist today okay before we before we get into this larger can i this larger thing can i make two quick points about the shampoo yes please please. uh the first is this is the second book in a row that claire has been naked this five-year-old girl has been featured naked. Uh, I I just thought that was interesting because we made note of it in the last episode because it was so weird. Um, The second point, you know what would be a good way to stop your children from putting things they get in the mail in and on their body? Have some rules in the house. (laughs) I don't see how the Pikes can blame anyone for something like this. They don't have any rules. Sorry, I should shout. It's probably bad for you. No, no, it's it's fine. And I think it's like, again, it, it... it speaks to sort of this weird, like in between space that the babysitters occupy. It's like they're having to deal with, in many ways, like the failures of grownups. Yeah. And it sort of romanticizes that sort of like teenage experience of being like, oh, I'm growing up. Like, I know, like, I'm mature and I know how to deal with these situations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. So, what was your, sorry, what was your question? Could the Babysitters Club exist today in 2020? Yeah, and, and, and question B is, like, could this series of books, would this series of books do well in 2020? Well, there was the recent Netflix revival. I'm not sure if you've seen any yes, of that. Yes, yes. So I... I am avoiding watching for now, so I don't know anything about as it. As am I, as am I. But I think it speaks to, like, like I, I don't know. I think we've talked about this in the past, just this sort of fatigue over, like, reboots and, like, catering to sort of like millennial nostalgia mm-hmm. um and it was really interesting reading sort of the the original text and thinking about like should we even adapt this for a contemporary audience so okay uh, there's a lot of questions there my my first thought on whether this could work today um i feel like in the uh, what do we call it? The service economy. Like, definitely, I could see something like an Uber for babysitting. Um, 
Okay. I think the appeal here though, right, is that these are a group of girls that are trusted pretty much implicitly by the majority of Stony Brook's parents. And of course, the whole gimmick of this club is the ease with which you can call one number and there are five potential babysitters. So that was the the genius of Christie's club. Christie's great idea, if you will. Um, so I think today we would face the problem where, you know, you don't have to be physically in the same room, right? There's like an app, like a doodle poll where right. everyone has their availability posted and the parents just like look and see who's free. But I think you're also then losing that sort of like that trust level if you're not getting one of these like vetted experienced babysitters. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I'm qualifying your question a little bit. What do you think? I don't think it, I don't, I mean, I come at it from a slightly different angle. I I, I don't think it could. I, I don't think it could because there's too many, Oh, let me think about this. I, I... Do you want me to answer your second question while you think about that? Yes, yes, please. So I think your other question was whether we should even reboot these things, right? Or whether we should just like let them sort of I, stand the, as relics. The question was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the work that these books are trying to do is fundamentally very valuable in terms of representing like young independent women that are competent that maybe occasionally get into the stupid fights of middle schoolers, but overall seem to have like a strong support network with one another that face challenges that, that people of their age would face like divorced parents or, um, you know, uh, drama with babysitting and boys, um, where was I going with this? So I think that mission is valuable. Um, I don't, and I, I don't know about the Netflix reboot purposefully. So I don't know what's going on there. I think it has to be set in this era. I don't think you can reboot this where they all have iPhones and Instagram accounts. Um, because I think, and honestly, I think that relic is important too for children, like for children, uh, like young adult preteens, like, like we've dealt with situations where like a kid disappears and the babysitter, they don't just have the parent's cell phone number. Like they have right. to call the restaurant the parents said they were gonna be at. And mm-hmm. then they have to call their own mom and hope they're home to get a ride. Like, I think that that's the horror of like the pre-digital era <laughs> that most people that age like will never experience. Right. I think is like interesting to think about. Almost sort of the same way we read about like the Oregon Trail, you know, like, oh, can you imagine? Uh, it's it's a, sort of that same like, oh, they're dealing with the same problems, um, but in like a very different setting. And this is what it was really like 30 years ago. So mm-hmm. that's that's my thought. Did I kill enough time for you? No, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I look, I think sort of, uh, I, I think a babysitter's club could exist today. Like I- In real but, life. Yeah, but I think it would be so, the, the DNA of that organization would be so different because of things like social media, technology, whatever, mm-hmm. to the point where it would not be the same. Like it would, it would take away what made this Babysitter's Club in the books like so special, I think. Because the Babysitter's Club, the Babysitter's Club in the 
books, it's a very sort of like hyper local venture, right? Like everyone, like you were saying, like everyone knows each other. Everyone knows these kids. Like, you know, you're trying to like set up your mom with like your friend's dad. Like it's, it's that sort of intimate and, and uh, community oriented. And I think, you know, like in like with social media and everyone trying to sort of be, um, an, an influencer in a lot of ways and trying to monetize your hobbies and like your babysitters club book yeah podcasts. yeah like i don't yeah. think anyone is thinking locally anymore mm. i think the it's always going to be so aspirational like trying to blow up um that's a very cynical sort of 30 year old dude's uh take on it but <laughs> i i just can't sing something i, I just can't imagine something like this that is so based on interpersonal sort of relationships existing today right also very specifically not a good time to be inviting random people into your house right now right right so (laughs) that was that was actually the first question i have on my google doc like do you think COVID 19 has just decimated the babysitting industry Hmm. Well, I think I'm of two minds because on one hand, everyone is home now, right? So no one needs a babysitter. But on the other hand, people are home now and they want to get away from their stupid kids more than ever. So um, I think if it, if it weren't for the potential safety threat of interacting that closely with another human being, I do think there would be, which I mean, obviously this is an impossible scenario because if that didn't happen, we would all be leaving our houses. But if it weren't for that, I could see parents like getting babysitters while they're home just so they can get a couple hours peace and quiet being stuck in the house with their kid. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you ever babysit Joe? I, I never, I never did. Uh, It's just some, it's just not something that ever appealed to me. Did you? Uh, Not really. I would like watch my little sister sometimes, but like it wasn't, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, like like me and my sister, our age difference is so small. So yeah, I'm only three years older than my sister. Yeah, so it was just like you know, make sure she doesn't turn the stove on. But that's, you, that's it. <laughs> did you ever have a babysitter? Did I ever have a babysitter? Um, besides like my grandparents, mm-hmm. um, my cousin Jen, who I actually inherited all these books from, uh-huh. she would babysit for us sometimes because she was she's. Oh, I don't want to misrepresent her age. She's like five years older than me. Okay. Maybe a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to have her on for the first super special episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the babysitters are going to cruise, Joe. What do you think is going to happen then? Is it with all the families? I believe the Pikes are somehow involved. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they have eight kids, right? Uh, I think it's more than that. Mallory, the triplets, Nikki, Vanessa. Oh no, Claire Margot. Yeah, they have eight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, coming back to Nikki, I think I <laughs> my favorite part or the, my favorite sort of moment in the book uh-huh. was when Nikki runs away because he's been bullied. Yeah. And he's on his way to <laughs> the secret passage. <laughs> And he sees the ice cream truck and uh-huh. he's sort of like, you know what? I deserve this. And he gets an ice cream. For a whole dollar. <laughs> That's, I, I really related to that. That yeah. was, yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that, Joe? Uh, stopped for an ice cream cone just because you deserved it? I, I have done that several times. Yeah. 
Yeah, I might do it or... after this. <laughs> after this, I might go. Yeah, I'll Venmo you a dollar for your participation, so you can get yourself an ice cream cone. Oh man, just stay um, on my walls. I th- I thought it was a, a risky move, not a risky move, but I I respected this book a little more for not explaining where the small key came from. Yeah, I. I to be honest, I just got bored by all the crap that was in the bag. a lot of trinkets. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, am I supposed to know what these are?" And then at the end, I was like, "Oh, I guess some of them were old, and some of them were Nikki." I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about this legend of Mister Jared Mulray in yeah. old Stony Brook time? And... It's a big. It's a big red herring. I thought. Yeah. Um. So, it gives her like plausible. No, no, that's not what I mean. It gives her like reasonable doubt, I guess. Right. Like that's like, really all it serves to do. It, and it and it comes in at this like crucial moment in the in the book where, uh, where okay, so her she and Jeff, her little brother, they're in this tunnel and they hear a bunch of noises, right? And. Uh, yes. Something terrifying happens in the secret passageway. They oh, is this house. with Tripman? Is this the scene where yeah, yeah. Dawn just loses her mind? Forget everything I said earlier about her being <laughs> the most emotionally stable yeah. character. Because she, this yeah. was out of control. She really goes on. Yeah, she really goes off the deep end. But yeah. like right <laughs> right after uh, Tripman and uh, Dawn's <laughs> mom calm, calm her down, like she yeah. finds like a book in her mom's purse that her grandmother gave her mom because her grandmother is in the habit of just like giving her family objects to remember her by for when she dies also her grandmother is like 65 right yeah i think this speaks like very sadly to the relationship between mrs schaefer and her mother that like (laughs) she they essentially have to be bribed every time they come over And it's not even with good stuff. It's like Mrs. Schaefer is not going to read this old history of Stony Brook. Right. right. So, so there's this, there's like this convoluted backstory to like Don finding this book in her mom's purse. No, I mean, you laid it out just perfectly. Uh, yeah, and, convoluted about it at all. And so, and so, okay. So she reads this book, reads about this family. I'm forgetting the last name again. The Mulrays. Uh, the Mulrays, who used to live on an estate with a farm. Woodacres. In, yeah, on Wood Acres. Yeah. And uh, one day they just moved away. And they're. I think they had money troubles. Is that what it was? And uh... they had. they. I believe there was a financial issue because that's where Matthias Bradford comes in that they're forced to like pack yes. the farm and move. Yes. They were... J- Jared loves it there so much. He ain't leaving. Yeah, Jared, who I believe is 30 years old. Yes. Oh, remind you of anyone? (laughs) Just throws a tantrum, refuses to leave. This is in like this, what, like the 1800s, late 1700s? Uh, I think, yeah, like the 1800s somewhere. And so Don's conspiracy is theory is that, or not conspiracy theory, just Don's theory is that the ghost of Jared Mulray haunts the secret passageway. That's where he went to hide. Right. Um, I thought it was just like I don't know I that's the thing like it felt like such a long sort of story to throw in as a red herring mm-hmm. but like I guess like considering the length of like this like 
what is essentially a children's book like everything is the scale is off for everything you know like if this was a 500 page novel maybe we would have like spent more time on this and like like Don's attachment to this theory would have been teased out a little more but like it just felt like this long like backstory which it felt long to me this long backstory was thrown in about the Mulrays mm-hmm. and then it just went nowhere like it just kind of fizzled out really fast I agree I I completely agree with that um do, now do you believe that Don is wrong that this is referring to her property because I read it as like this is a hundred percent what happened here a hundred years ago yeah and then it's just we get into the question of like is there a ghost or not based right. on this story no, no. I, I hesitated when you asked me that because I 100% agree with you. I think this was the property. Right. But like in the end, it doesn't matter. Like it. that's what... Mm-hmm. Um, and like they don't even like entertain the possibility at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a little disappointing. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, interesting parallel to Karen's story about Ben Brewer though, no? Ben Brewer, this was the... The man that the headless ghost came that lives in Christie's new oh, house. right. And Karen tells the ghost story about um, how Ben Brewer came to haunt the upper floors. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was another sort of uh, side chapter that I'm sure enraged you. Really go <laughs> another B-plot that I just could not... <laughs> it was the most embarrassing moment of Christie's life, according to her. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever had a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No, I was trying to picture how this would work logistically. Yeah. Do you, is it just like a grilled cheese? Like you make it and then you do like, well, I know because it's fried. It's not grilled. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I imagine. Dump it in a vat of oil on the stove. Oh, you're right. I, I imagine it as a grilled sandwich. So, like, p- make a peanut butter jelly and just, like, put it in a pan with some butter. Yeah. It sounds good. It doesn't sound bad. I mean, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. But I I don't know. Fried is different than grilled. Did you, did you have any other thoughts about this smorgasbord? I've never heard it called that i think it's i think most of us eat that way now especially in our late 20s <laughs> yeah, early 30s right. you just like right. go to the fridge and see what's in there right. um i guess if you have eight kids it makes sense that you would just have like a lot of ingre- <laughs> ingredients and no rules you would just uh let them sort of have at it whenever they wanted um, yeah I mean, I think it's kind of rough to leave your eight children with babysitters without giving them a lunch plan this is the pikes man they're just like on a different <laughs> level <laughs> who's your favorite pike i think i really i i'm so bad with names i'm sorry but the triplet okay. the the girl among the triplets no they're all they're all boys the triplets oh maybe there was was there a Okay, there was Mallory one tri- is Mallory's Mallory. Yes, Mallory. Mallory. She's not one of the triplets, though. Okay, I I really liked. I can't even remember what she said, but she said something super sassy in this book that I really super sassy. Um, that doesn't sound like Mallory to me. But but uh, but besides besides her, 
I think it was, uh, I think it'd be, it'd have to be Nikki. I think I really felt for Nikki. I felt like Mallory is really getting taken advantage of by your parents here. Like, oh, now you can be a babysitter too. And we don't have to pay another one. And like right. Mallory was like really excited about it. Right. And you're taking away jobs from the babysitters. Club. Well, Mallory, spoiler alert, will one day join the babysitters club. Oh, interesting. And we will receive many books from her point of view. Interesting. Yeah. Does, does the, what do one of them leave? Uh, they sort of cycle in and out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, why? Like, if, if this was like a TV show and like the act- actresses wanted to like yeah. take a break or something, that would make sense. But it's like, it's a book. These are fictional characters. <laughs> I think they want to, and I mean, we're not there yet. And my memory is very fuzzy until I reread them. But I think they wanted to, like, I think uh, Stacy's going to leave in like two books, but only oh, for a little okay. while. Um, okay. So I think it's just to add more drama to like the friend group shifting, somebody leaving, somebody coming back. Uh-huh. I think that's where they're where they're at. I'm all for it. I love the bureaucracy drama. That's my favorite part of the Babysitters Club. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I really felt for for Nikki. Going back to the Pikes, <laughs> yeah. when um, sounds like Nikki the, is your favorite. Pike. Yeah, maybe not for yeah. the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a line that just like kind of broke my heart where at the very end, he's like, I need a hideout. <laughs> Sounding the way people do when they talk about very important things like food or money. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough, that was a rough line. <laughs> like, dude. So, and, and like Nikki is just like a solid middle child, right? Yeah, yeah. Like right in the middle, yeah. Do you have a hideout, Joe? I, I do not. I do mm. not. I mean, I'm I'm mostly invisible to most people, like in the real world. So I don't know. Really, that yeah, like the ghost of Jared Moray. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I I really I guess in that way I relate more to Jared Moray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, did you have any more other big picture stuff, or can I kind of uh, st- start cleaning up some of the smaller details we may have passed over? I no. I, I think. Yeah, I think I covered everything I want to talk to. Talk about. Uh, yeah, so I just want to I just want to roll through a couple things just to make sure we we get them on the record. Yeah. Um, uh, just quickly going through my notes here, I did enjoy the Babysitters Club search for the secret passage, um, all the permutations of splitting up and scaring each other. Um, it got old later, but I thought it was fun in this chapter. Um, I did go back and double check. It would have been Claudia that should have been assigned to find where the opening was. So Claudia really dropped the ball on not oh, okay. finding the latch. Because I was wondering why they didn't find it earlier when they said they very clearly went over that wall. And it was Claudia's job to, to look at the mold. Oh, geez. So, so, so it's Claudia's fault we had to read this book, basically. I, what do you think would have been different if they'd all found it together? It's actually my I, fault we had to read this book. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it would have been better. Okay. I think all the babysitters would have been invested in this thing. And they I feel like right. I've, I feel like when we started, you were very positive on this book and I was more negative. And I feel like I've talked <laughs> you down. <laughs> but don't I I I think it it would have been a better book. Mm. It would have been a faster book, which seems to equate to better for you, I think. I think they would have put all these other like 
I don't want to say nonsense babysitting jobs, like on hold. Like they would have been like, we're they will, on. They will never put nonsense <laughs> babysitting jobs. But on hold, but I think you know? it, look if you find a if you find a secret passage, like you gotta go on sabbatical. Like you have to put everything else on pause and investigate this thing. Have you ever found a secret passage? Have you ever looked for a secret passage in your home? Not in my home, but mm. um, when I was in fourth grade fourth fifth grade like me and my friends we lived in a kind of like underdeveloped neighborhood like it, it was the suburbs but also kind of rural okay. and there was this sort of like entrance to a tunnel like that led to the sewers that we would go into oh my god like walk into yeah it was a really it was a really dangerous thing to do now that i think about it <laughs> but like we would go in and we, every time we went in we'd try to go deeper and deeper in uh, we we called it Vampire Alley, I think. Okay. Um, but this is like time... your own series of young adult books. Yeah, yeah, Vampire yeah, yeah. Alley. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but uh, <laughs> like, there was this one time though, like we felt like we were in there for hours, and then we came we came across like uh, a manhole above us in the tunnel, and so we like opened it, and we looked, at, and we were just like in front of my friend's house, like we, it was so dumb. <laughs> But yeah, that's the closest I got to like a secret passageway. Empire Alley. I didn't know this about yeah. you, Joe. I mean, it was it was not. I mean, if you think about it, it's not secret at all. It's like really part of the public infrastructure. But <laughs> all right, all right, Mister Public Journalist, uh, <laughs> Public Media, I should say. Um, yeah. So we let's see. We sort of already touched on the scene where Don loses her mind in the tunnel. Uh, she thinks the ghost is coming to kill them. They have to call their mom. Yeah. Uh, barricade things. The trip man. Do you think we're going to be seeing the trip man again? I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of thought he was a throwaway character, but like, I mean, we got a little detail about him and I feel like they were maybe just like teasing it a little bit. Maybe he'll be back. Do you know if he comes back? I don't recall. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm uh, Mr. Spear is the only man for Mrs. Ms. Schaefer in my head, in my heart. Really? Yeah. You don't think that'd be weird if like if your if your parent married the parents of your friend, that would be incredibly weird. But uh, Marion and Don are really into it. Okay, okay. So he, Don's he's favorite just... movie is The Parent Trap, Joe. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned on that one. Um, let's see what else. I know you like talking about all the random jobs the Perkinses did you like meeting the Perkinses remind me who the Perkinses uh, Myra were. I think that's how you say her name and Gabby the Gabbers Tosh me up uh, what did they, what happened in their chapter right? uh you just meet them they let slip that their mom is pregnant oh right and Marianne right. like lives next to them now because they moved into Christie's old house right who was who's babysitting was that Don that was Marianne that was Marianne Marianne handled that really well I thought the pregnant thing or yeah the... the pregnancy announcement yeah um just the way you know she she was very mature in the way she talked to mrs yeah. perkins when she got home Marianne's, that's all i have marion's great marion's great yeah. uh i just wrote down because there's a lot of weather going on in this book um and i'm not right. from i know that you spent a few years in new jersey i believe yes. uh yes. new york but i i've never spent a lot of time on the East Coast, but it seemed like they alternated very rapidly between thunderstorms and just hot humidity. 
which I guess is normal in Connecticut that time of year. I think so. Yeah. Like the humidity builds to a point where it's just like the air can't handle any more moisture. And then it just, it just rains, which is, I don't know. I wish, I wish the book had, that's a really interesting point you bring up, but I just don't think the book about the weather with that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that was an interesting point. (laughs) No, but I wish the book played more with the weather. Mm. And I don't think it, does i mean yeah i, I don't know like the, i'm trying to think of like the moments when the weather was a real plot device and it was really just the thunder that was freaking everyone out right yeah it gets they go eat outside with don's mom that one right. time for dinner and then have to uh-huh. go back inside i don't really know yeah um I, I guess maybe it explains why nikki was looking for in the barn in the first place right mm-hmm. or like why mm-hmm. he likes the coolness of the passage mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i and i wrote down uh, you're all california hippies until you need some air conditioning and then suddenly we're running that 24 <laughs> 7 at the shaver residence uh let's see what else i wrote down we already talked a little bit about karen and her scary story right at christy's house right you're right yes um uh, it seems like Watson goes out a lot on his weekends with Karen and Andrew. Watson? Who's what? Watson, Watson is Christie's stepfather. The millionaire. Is yes. that him? Yes. Okay, yes. But he only has like two weekends every few months with Karen and Andrew. And he's always like, oh, I'm, I'm going out. So I need someone yeah. to babysit Karen and Andrew. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, Not wow. Sure. That... Not sure what's going on there. Uh, we already talked about Claudia and Jamie Newton, uh, which was silly. Um, and I guess, I guess all we have left is the slumber party, which I'd like to break down a little bit. Um, that, that ends the end. book. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk quickly about each babysitter's favorite movie. Are you ready to do that? Uh, yes. Let me, that was on page one. It's in the last chapter. I didn't yes, write down the yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so um, okay, so Christy likes Ghostbusters. Yes, I thought that was on brand uh, for Christy. Okay, yeah. Claudia likes Star Wars. That's interesting, but it, it makes sense. She likes. I would think she would like more of a straightforward mystery. And yeah, and and Stacy likes Mary Poppins. Stacy will which... not shut up about Mary Poppins. Every Stacy book, we got to hear about Mary Poppins. And Marianne likes 16 Candles. Right. Don't And uh, uh, very insensitive when Claudia's in the room to be wanting to watch 16 Candles, I think. I've never seen 16 Candles, but like I get the vibe that it it fits Marianne really well. Why is it insensitive? For- uh, uh, <laughs> 16 Candles is the film with the character Long Duck Dong. Okay. Are you, are you familiar <laughs> with this? No, I'm not. The Japanese foreign exchange student. Okay. Who okay. gets into wacky? He's like horny, and he gets into wacky situations, and he speaks with sort of a caricatured accent. And they often play a gong over his scenes in the background. Interesting. Okay. This is the uh, this is the movie by the the person who did like Breakfast Club. Yeah, stuff, John right? Hughes. John yeah. Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and Don wants to watch The Parent Trap. Yeah, her favorite movie. I. Real quick, do you think Claudia is aware of racism? Like, is there a, a book where... Is Claudia aware of racism? So I think someone... We've talked about this before. 
one of the new characters that they're going to add a little bit down the line here is Jesse, who is an African-American character. And I do recall that there are specifically books that touch on Jesse and her family dealing with racism in Stony Brook. But I don't remember if Claudia ever confronts that or if that's ever a part of her arc. I mean, the book calls are exotic looking. I'm not sure how aware the authors are. Right, right. Sensitivity of the Asian community. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, they, they end up watching Six and Candles? So they let or, sorry, they, go ahead. they let Christy draw out of a hat two different movies. Uh-huh. The two movies that come out just happen to be oh, interesting. The movie that Christy picked and the movie her best friend Marianne picked. I did not catch did that. Christy I, sabotage the film drawing. I oh man, I there's so much like this is this goes back to like what we as 30 year old men are catching and like maybe what 13 year olds would, would catch. Like I totally missed that, but yeah, I think she, I think she rigged it. Christie's very clever is yeah. I think one of the things we know about Christy. Like, look, you don't become president without, you know, <laughs> yeah. Pl- like playing a few games. Hey, Christie started this series in some like shanty hovel in uh, Stony Brook. Now she's living in a mansion on the nice side. Christie's yeah, on her yeah. way up. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> her house was very nice. I was just making a joke. It wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't the Perkinsons live there now. It can't be that bad. Uh, so so uh, my question was just going to be, which of these five movies would you prefer to watch at your sleepover? And I also want to throw into the ring uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, which Jeff was watching on the plane in the first chapter. Oh, You oh. can choose that one too if you want. Okay, you know, if I'm 13 and I'm at a slumber party, mm-hmm. I would want to watch... I would want to watch Ghostbusters. I think it's it just has the most positive sort of vibe. It's the, it's the funniest. Um, it's the most sort of like hangout movie. Yeah, yeah. But I think if I were at a slumber party like right now, <laughs> 16 Candles all the way. Well, you said you've never seen it, right? Yeah, I've never seen it. So I want to watch 16 Candles. Um, I'd like for you to do, I'd like for you to watch that actually. Maybe oh, yeah. do a little more reading on the <laughs> representation of Asian Americans in that film and get back to me with your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> what, what would you choose? Today or back then? Both, both. Well, back then I think Ghostbusters is the right one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today, if I'm at a slumber party... I feel like the one I haven't seen in the longest amount of time would be The Parent Trap, actually. Okay. And I think that's a movie that I, like, the I'm talking the original, obviously, not the Lindsay oh. Lohan. Um, yeah. And I think that's the movie where I, I saw it a couple times when I was, like, 13. But I, and, like, the, the first half is the fun part where they're at the summer camp. Mm-hmm. And then it gets boring because the adults are talking. Yeah. And I bet if I were to watch it again, I would get a lot more out of, like, the second half. With Interesting. The yeah. And, Rama back at their homes. Yeah, yeah. So I would yeah. pick that today. I think, huh. just to revisit. Um, did you? I mean, did you get anything out of the fact, out of like sort of the 
the junk food divide in this group. I know we sort of touched upon it. It happens in every book. Um, So I don't, it's sort of like part of the wallpaper for me now. And I think for a lot of readers. Yeah. What did you think though? You seem more fixated on it. No, I mean, it was interesting, you know, like I have friends who are vegetarians or like vegans and, you know, you got to be sensitive to that when you like have, I don't know, a dinner party or like go out to eat, you know, I just thought it was an interesting sort of kitty sized version of that dynamic. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 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 And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's lazy characterization, but it is characterization. So. Right. Right. But I'm, it's interesting to me that you, that you say that it's just kind of played out for you. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. So, yeah. Stacy's diabetic. They have to remind just, us in every book. Don likes just, health food. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, a bigger picture question I have is like, do you, these books assume that this is the only Babysitter's Club book you will ever read. Well, I think you saw early on in that first uh, chapter, so much yeah. of that. For I I really skim these like first chapters now. Okay, okay. Every first chapter is sort of like, oh, it was our first meeting of the week and there I was and there was Christy because she's the president and there was Claudia with the junk food and there was, yeah. and this one yeah. time this happened and now we're working on this. So they really do bring you up to speed in each book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you wouldn't know, I don't think as much about the like Marianne father, Don mother romance, for instance, if you're right. reading in order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did they ever actually watch 16 Candles? No, they didn't. They said yeah. they were, but then they got caught up. In well, the... they said they would watch it later. And then we sort of like flash forward to the next morning where they're waking up. So I was, right. I think it's left. Oh. But I was curious your opinion as the reader. I, I hope they did. I mean, yeah. it's all, you know, like, it's just a bummer when you don't have follow through at a slumber party. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any thoughts on Cam Geary, the model? No, you know, I was very confused about who that is. <laughs> I believe it is a fictional person. <laughs> okay. But it's a model that. I think it's like girls... a. Te- oh, it may not be a model. It's like a teen heartthrob. Okay. Okay. The Justin Bieber of his day from five years ago. <laughs> okay i have i have no thoughts about cam geary is there anything uh well he's dating that Corey laliqui lalik that's his girlfriend yeah uh did you happen to read the preview for the next book that is at the back of this book i did not i did not okay is it is it worth reading i mean uh i think it'll wet your whistle a little bit uh, (laughs) because we're about to introduce the first sort of serious love interest. Interesting. Uh, Logan from Louisville. And I okay. believe they write some of his lines in dialect to emphasize how hunky his 13 year old accent is. Very cool. Yeah. And he likes babysitting. Like what? A boy babysitter? This is the next book. This is the next one, baby. Um. Yeah, no, I'll definitely <laughs> read. I'm like skimming it right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll have a podcast you can check out in about three months. <laughs> can I? Okay, one last thing I wanted to ask. Like, yeah, yeah. When a- when Don, <clears throat> when all the girls are like, "Oh, we're thirsty from uh-huh. eating all the sweets." Whoa! <laughs> 
<laughs> Don is like land daddy strikes again. <laughs> all right. All right. Settle down. All right. When Don is like, okay, I'm going to go get some sodas. Yeah. That was horrifying to me. What, what part of that didn't you like? Like if you're thirsty after eating all these sweets, like you're going to give them soda. I think when you're, when that, you're 13, right? It Does made it... me sick. It made it like, I had a physical reaction to that. I think you need to think back to your younger, more carefree slumber party going self where sodas and water are sort of on the same level. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, are you alluding to the, the amount of junk food we ate in college? <laughs> I said 13. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a health nut like Don. I'm not sure what you're talking about. But no. Yeah. I guess I, I have a hard time thinking I, I don't know if there's ever a time where i was like oh i'm so thirsty i'm gonna have a coke i think i mean now certainly it's like if you're thirsty you get some water um <laughs> or a beer in your case earlier and uh i think that the but like i think when you're young it's like oh liquid is liquid i'm yeah. thirsty and i'm at a party i want something sugary and delicious okay okay so that's how i read it so it seems like you're still drinking sodas after a run like you're, it seems, it sounds like you're still Who's slamming. running? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can't get thirsty if you don't exercise. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, otherwise, I think that's the ghost of Don's house. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to, to hit before we move on? No, no. Let me, I. Oh, can we talk? Uh, I forget. Uh, can we talk about the cover? What did you think of the cover art? We always like to hit this. At yeah. The too. I think the layout of what's going on on the cover. Mm-hmm. I don't believe matches anything that happens in the book. Right. Was. Okay, they're so going. They're coming from what seems to be the house, the bedroom, right? Going up some stairs, and it should be going down, right? Right. right. This, or they should be in the tunnel going up the stairs. Right. Yeah. Oh, this book, man. <laughs> I do think I give them a lot of grief every time because a lot of times it doesn't seem like they know how to draw children. But I do think the depictions of Don and Jeff here are are pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. This is not one of the more horrifying depictions of a 10-year-old that we have seen in the Babysitter's Club oeuvre. Yeah. Don's, okay, this is gonna, I don't want to upset people, but like Don's feet look comically large. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, not saying say that looks... Disneyland daddy again. <laughs> uh, comically large. I'm not saying that to be like me, but they do look like mm. clown shoes. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of big. I don't know. I can chalk that up to like force perspective. We're looking down, <laughs> she's turning it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have such a problem with that. I think, yeah. Well, okay. Looking at the cover, though, I, I feel like. Do we need to talk about Jeff? I thought he was. What do you? I. I mean, besides his horrifying behavior on the plane, I didn't have much to say about Jeff. <laughs> I totally. Okay, so he's like collecting like. Every basically everyone's yeah. trash, like everything that you get for free. Apparently, <laughs> when you flew in 1988, he wants it, man. 
Oh man, I'm trying to find that part real quick. <laughs> totally, uh, totally. No, he's a little rascal. I, I liked him. He he bring he brought a good energy to the book. I thought Jeff's a good guy, and the triplets sign off on him. If the triplets can yeah. bring one friend swimming, they're taking Jeff yeah. Schaefer. Yeah, that that was. I mean, that was a really nice. I mean, it sucked for Nikki, obviously, but. It was a fun little cameo, like a fun little Nikki cameo, or uh, Jeff cameo. Jeff collects all of the packets of salt, pepper, non-dairy creamer, instant coffee, sugar, and jiffy towelettes he could find on the plane. No, that is, if an adult did that, that would be insane behavior. (laughs) He also got five different pieces of chocolate cake that he begged off the people around him. Yeah, that's, that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's not that's not okay. Have you seen European Vacation, Joe? I have not. Oh, it's okay. Is it worth watching? Uh, no, it's pretty raunchy though. Like okay. there is, there are definitely like topless women and like sex tape jokes oh. in that movie. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh man, so it was a Jeff different time, I just... guess. Yeah, I, maybe Jeff needs a little supervision. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I know. don't think it could hurt. I don't think it could hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this is, I yeah. always like check the, what we call in academia, as I'm sure you know, the back matter okay. um, of the book. And this is the first time I think I remember seeing the very last page, the Sleepover Friends series. And I am oh, yeah. very intrigued by what this is. Join Kate, Lauren, Stephanie, and Patty at their great sleepover parties every weekend. That's a lot of sleepovers. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, you're just like kind of roommates at that point, right? Truth or dare, scary movies, late night boy talk, all part of the sleepover friends, man. There are 23 of these. That is approximately six months of back-to-back sleepovers every weekend. Which of these titles looks most intriguing to you? And if you want to start the spinoff Sleepover Friends Book Club podcast, Joe, you can have it. That's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wheels are spinning right now. I, I... uh oh god uh i think patty gets even sounds intriguing (laughs) i like no more sleepovers patty question mark (laughs) like please just let us die (laughs) please patty no more sleepovers (laughs) patty gets even does sound good yeah yeah it it just feels like the the sleepover is going to be a like a like a setup for some kind of revenge. You think someone's going to make some scary noises in the other room and scare them? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What a caper that was that Stacy and Don pulled right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Man. Well, that's it. That is the ghost of Don's house. We did it. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. This We're not. Awesome. Oh, you're not. You're not leaving oh. yet. We still oh, have okay. the game to play at the end. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, well, first, actually... Before we get to the game, for the first time ever, uh, we have a quick other segment that we're going to slot in here. Okay. And this segment might grow, but this is the segment for audience feedback and listener questions. Excellent. And you might think that we wouldn't have any of those because no one has listened to any of these podcasts yet because they haven't launched yet. But remarkably, we do. Okay. (laughs) So this question comes from Brandon L. in Los Angeles. Okay. And he wanted me to ask you this question. Joe, Brandon L wants to know, now that you've read this book and we've analyzed the protagonist's purpose, 
Do you feel like we did that today? <laughs> oh, Brandon. Will uh, you sign off on that we analyze the protagonist's purpose? <laughs> All right, here's the question. Now that that wasn't read, the question? No, now that's, okay. that's the lead up. Now that okay. we've read this book and we've analyzed the protagonist's purpose, would you rather be a poll watcher or start a podcast as an excuse to read children's books? Brandon wants to know. <laughs> what does he mean by poll watcher? Like on election day? It's unclear. I think it's like the thing where Trump is telling people to go like, like make oh, yeah. sure people aren't messing with the polls. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what he means. Oh man, both are so important for democracy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, you know, no offense to, to your podcast. I had a great time, but I think poll watcher right now is uh, oh. Help yourself. Oh, man. I'll start. I'll start the sleepover friends spinoff, and you can go be a poll watcher. Yeah. All right. That. So that was our first ever uh, listener submitted question. Wow. Wow. Good stuff. All right. Are you ready for the game? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Wait, so, is this a game or is it a test? Because I know to you they are sometimes. It's a little bit of both. Now that you've okay. Um. So the babysitters often like to end their books or their big adventures with sleepovers, right? As we saw in this book. And I'm so glad they did because I say that every episode, but they haven't actually had a sleepover in many, many books. So this really like revitalizes this. Great, great. So we too like to play a little bit of a sleepover game to get to know one another better and to just have a little bit more fun with you and the listeners here. So are you familiar with Sassy Magazine, Joe? I am not. So Sassy Magazine was a magazine uh, sort of contemporary with the Babysitter's Club that was for young women. Um, So think of like a modern day, like 16 or Cosmo, but maybe aimed a little bit younger. Okay. So I just happened to have with me the Sassy Experience board game. Okay. Of course. Produced by the makers of Sassy. And they have come up with many different questions and activities that you can do at your sleepover. So for each episode, I pull the numbered card that matches your book. So I have card number nine Uh, and we're just gonna run down this list, okay? Yeah, the longer we talk, the more doubtful I get that this is actually a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get started. So uh, these first two questions will be small quizzes, okay? Multiple choice questions that you have to answer, okay? Joe, in features, which of these women did not make Sassy's coolest list of 1990? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you three names. One of them did not make the coolest list, and you have to tell me who it is. Was it A, Marilyn Monroe, B, Mother Teresa, or C, Cher? Uh, I'm going to say Marilyn Monroe. You're saying she did not make the coolest list. You know, lock that in. I'm going to lock that in. Oh, that's incorrect. I'm afraid Cher was left off the list in 19. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. If she could turn back time, I guess. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Here's your next question. Quiz. Okay. Joe, if you have a perm that turns out to be too tight what is the best way to calm it? Okay. 
Okay. So it was A, to blow dry it, B, to brush it furiously, or C, to use a hair conditioner? I'm going to say C, hair conditioner. Hair conditioner. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. Okay, uh, yeah, locked in. You got it. Use a hair conditioner. Excellent. Have you ever had a perm, Joe? When I was like two years old, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't want to get into it. No follow-up questions? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this next, so those are the only ones that have like quote unquote right answers. So uh -huh. this next question is multiple choice, but it's more to provoke conversation, okay? Okay. People in your life, Joe, the biggest problem with guys is... A, they really don't understand girls. Mm -hmm. B, they're too insecure. Mm -hmm. Or C, they don't act their age. Oh, what man. What do you think? What's the biggest problem with guys? Oh, man. I, I got to say, I got to say B. I mean, it's a little bit of all of those things. Yeah. But what are the biggest one? I think the biggest is B, insecurity. Yeah. I think, uh, I think insecurity comes out in nasty ways for yeah. dudes especially um yeah that's all what do you think no i think you tend to be right i think the other two things stem from when you're insecure right or or even not understanding girls makes you more insecure which makes right. you less willing to try to understand girls so, exactly vicious exactly. cycle yeah um, so this next question, Joe, we're half, halfway home okay. on these. Okay. Uh, this next question, uh, this is going to be an excerpt from someone who wrote into Sassy Magazine asking for help. Okay. okay? And you're going to, so I'm going to give you the question. You're going to give your answer. And then we're going to match your answer with the answer given on the back of the card. We're going to see how close you got to the actual advice Sassy Magazine gave out. Okay. Okay. Dear Joe, I'm pretty and all, but I'm what they call short-waisted. I don't want to look like a paper bag when I tuck my shirt in. What should I do? Short-waisted. I've yeah. never heard of this. No, she's what they call short-waisted. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to advise this person, and we're going to see how close I am? Yes. To the, okay. yes. Uh, look, I think, I think first of all, you gotta, you got to love your own body. You got to you know, be proud of your own body. And I think you, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but, you know, I understand that's not a super helpful answer, like a, a more practical set of, a more, don't more hurt practical yourself, <laughs> might be, you know, maybe don't tuck in your shirt, maybe, uh, maybe wear clothing. I, I don't know, like what clothing you would wear to, to like what more flattering clothes would be for that kind of body type but mm -hmm. you know i would i would say like don't lose don't get fixated on your body type and just there will be a set of like a a type of clothing that works for your body type you know mm -hmm. that's like that's that's but i don't know what that type of clothing is i'm sure there is one that's that's my advice i'm surprised you don't already have your own uh answer magazine um so the answer on the back of the card it just reads this is simple don't tuck your shirt in that's me that's me. you nailed it i hate that <laughs> you nailed it <laughs> okay uh stuff you do so this one's going to be a little bit more an activity okay? okay you're gonna have to like uh perform a little bit here yeah 
Joe, talk like a genius scientist for 20 seconds. Talk like a genius scientist. Make it convincing. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to start the clock here? No, I, I, I don't know what. Okay, this is this is horrible. Okay, uh, so here we go. Whenever you're ready, I'll keep an eye on the time for you. Uh, God, you're really putting me on the spot. What, dude? I majored in the humanities. This is not. I don't yeah. even know how to like pretend. Um, I, I think put yourself in the point of view of like a 13 year old girl to sleep over. Like, what would a okay. scientist say? I like makeup. The, you make it with. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, I'm ready. Okay, whenever you want to start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a genius. I spend all day in a science lab. Photosynthesis. Uh, wow. Krebs cycle. <laughs> uh, you know, I... God. I spent... Close that, okay. <laughs> Thanks. How much do you know about the Krebs cycle? Not a lot. I know it's like the opposite of photosynthesis. I don't know. Oh. I remember making a PowerPoint about it once. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready for your last question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Joe, sometimes these questions reflect the time they were written in. Oh, boy. And are not super sensitive. Okay. So I'd like to, <laughs> we could maybe have a discussion about this question after, after I read it, but before you answer it. Okay. Joe, do you know someone with a severe physical handicap? Mm-hmm. What runs through your mind when you see him or her? This, this is a, a bit of a horrifying uh, question, I think. This, this is a what question? A bit of a horrifying question, I think. A little bit. It's a, it's, it's a weird question to ask during a sleepover. Yeah. It's very insensitive. I, yeah. I don't, man, that's, I actually don't know. I don't know anyone with like a physical disability. I'm trying to think. No, I can't say I do. I yeah. mean, I guess. <laughs> Do you ask this question to everyone? Well, everyone gets a different numbered card. Oh, so okay. this is just what was on card number nine. I mean, no. I think it's a question that really supports the othering of the uh, disabled. Yeah, I think, yeah. That we want to avoid. No, I will say though, if I if I may, like if if I did have someone know someone, I think I would feel you know very like not to sound patronizing but if i did know someone with a physical disability i think i would you know be grateful to have a friend who has comes from that sort of like background and like has had those experiences and i think for for our 13 year old listeners uh i would just say you know you got to get to know the person uh that has I guess developed from those experiences. That's the I think that's yeah. the safest answer. Oh, that's do. a great answer. Yeah. Good job. Very good job. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that was the sassy game card. And that was Babysitter's Book Club episode nine. We did it. That was, that was awesome. Did you yeah. have a good time? I had a great time. How do you think yeah. it went? I, I think it went really well. I think yeah. uh, I uh, I might watch the TV show. Okay. After this, I, yeah. I don't know if I'll read any more books, 
but I might okay. watch the TV Not show. even if you get invited back? Oh, if I get invited back, for sure. But okay. I don't think I would want to read just books for my own <laughs> enjoyment. It sounds like it was a real <laughs> roller coaster emotionally it, for a you. Little bit, a, li- a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, by law, we have to end every podcast with where the folks can find us if they want to know more about us. Joe, do you have anything you want to plug anywhere the people can can get in touch with you if they're interested? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, this is weird because I, I feel like I was very, very casual and this was a fun sort of conversation we had. But uh, I work at KPBS, the, San Di- the public media station in San Diego. You can find me there oh, there kpbs.org kpbs.org <laughs> oh, physically they can find you there <laughs> <laughs> but i am also on twitter at uh my twitter handle is jjs hong h-o-n-g and the number five so okay uh what do you what do you tweet about uh a lot of just like education news since i cover education mm-hmm. random funny videos that i find mm-hmm. um uh, sometimes i tweet like photos. I don't have an Instagram, so I tweet photos of my various uh, fermentation projects. I've been really into like, I'm, I'm making a lot of vinegars right now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. So if that sounds interesting, follow me on Twitter. Yeah. The sound you're hearing is the rush of the listeners yeah. <laughs> to follow you after that stirring uh, endorsement. Um, well, we can always be contacted uh, Joe, listen to this. We have the babysitters book club at gmail.com is our email address. Excellent. It's the babysitters book club at gmail.com. They can also find us both. We have, we have Twitter and Instagram at babysitters BC. Excellent. What are you posting on Instagram right now? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we start actually launching this damn thing, which okay. I'm going to try to do, I think next week, Okay. We'll do like I want to post the book cover art, um, anything funny related to the recording, mm-hmm. uh, photos of my guests if they're interested. I don't know, whatever the people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. Will you be following us on those platforms? Well, you don't I'll have def- Instagram. I'll definitely follow you on Twitter. Okay, of course. Yeah. Yes, I think we have like two followers, and they've both also been guests so far. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere <laughs> gotta start somewhere that's right well joe this was wonderful a great start to my sunday yeah what do you plan for the rest of the day what am i doing I, uh nothing just gonna read my my sunday paper maybe hey is it the new york times it is yeah oh is that it one oh, of those nice. right there oh yeah. look at us yeah. look at us just supporting journalism great yeah. <laughs> no sound don't sound super enthusiastic but yeah and just maybe what do you think the odds are they'll sponsor this podcast one day in the new york times high i think i think those chances are high yeah i think you should just keep tweeting at them you know yeah they love that i usually Uh, tweet at them because my paper is missing about half the time that's when they get most of the comments from me (laughs) you have that problem seriously like every other day they don't deliver it at the right time what, you get the daily paper? I get the, I'm still on the promotional rate. Okay. Or I get, and it was the same price for Sunday as for Friday through Sunday. So I get Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, nice. Yeah, but I think that ends this week and then I'm going to go down to just the Sundays going Okay. Forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on the Sundays too. It's it's not cheap. It's not cheap and it's too much. It's too much to read the rest You're of right. it. It right. really eats up your day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll probably do that. Maybe. Um... Vinegar making. 
vinegar making and then there's two shows i'm watching right now that air on sundays i'm watching uh on hbo i'm watching lovecraft country okay watch that and then the vow which is a documentary about a sex cult yeah disneyland daddy one more time at the end uh yes i did i read i read that was good yeah yeah they're both they're both really good so that's just my sunday so just ease into the week you know sure what do you have going on what do i have well they moved I have to double check. They keep moving Big Brother around. So I don't know if that's tonight or if that's tomorrow anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. <laughs> Wait till you come on my other podcast. Uh, and uh, what else? Yeah, read the paper. I'll text yeah. you everything I think is cool about the paper. We can read it together. Okay. Um, I got to do a little work for my my writing classes this week. Um, okay. For the, for the students. I got to put some stuff out for them to work on. So that's about it. Also another pretty uh, standard chill Sunday. Yeah, I guess it's the the be- the most we can ask for during these times. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Little babysitters in the morning, little New York Times in the afternoon. Yeah, balance. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thank you again so much, Joe, for your time here. Oh, dude, thank you. Anytime. Anytime. I would be honored to be back for a future episode. Right, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's, we'll see well, should things... we just lock it in right now? Would we'll you... see how things go. November All right. is empty for me right now. <laughs> all right thank you so much joe i will talk to you again soon and thank you everyone for listening take care bye